Greetings, all of you spooky fellow fiendish book nerds out there. Today, I've got a good one. The Nesting from C.J. Cook. The synopsis. Architect Tom Faraday is determined to finish the high-concept, environmentally friendly home he's building in Norway, in the same place where he lost his wife, Aurelia, to suicide. It was their dream house, and he wants to honor her with it. Lexi Ellis takes a job as his nanny and immediately falls in love with his two younger daughters, especially Gaia. But something fills off in the isolated house nestled in the forest along the fjord. Lexi sees mysterious, muddy footprints inside the home. Aurelia's diary appears in Lexi's room one day, and Gaia keeps telling her about seeing the terrifying sad lady. Soon, Lexi suspects that Aurelia didn't kill herself and that they are all in danger from something far more sinister lurking around them. I really enjoyed this novel. Now, for fans that uh, are into The Turn of the Screw, which is an 1898 uh, horror novella by Henry James, I think you might get something out of The Nesting. It's, there's going to be some spoilers on this episode. Uh, It's kind of hard not to talk about the horror in this book. Um, But essentially, just to give you kind of a rundown, like a quick rundown of it, uh, Lexi, the nanny, uh, she is introduced in a way where you meet someone in a very desperate part of their life, which I thought really gave some background to our lead character and kind of grounded her in a way that is kind of relatable. I know a lot of us out there have gone through lots of things, and one of the things that really resonated with uh, this character of Lexi is her ability to adapt and survive. And when you build elements into a character Uh, that are very personal, I think it reflects ultimately how invested readers are going to be with the character, with the story, and the resolution. And I think Lexi in this book got a fully realized story arc um, along with Gaia and Coco, the daughters that she is caring for, she's tasked with caring for and with. C.J. Cook did an incredible job, and I am definitely going to be picking up some more of her books. I I really enjoyed this one. This was a a blind buy for me. Really, I just saw the cover with the house on the cliff and uh, the tagline, Mother Nature Always Protects Herself by Whatever Means Necessary. So I thought that this would be a really fun um, read because I like 
when writers incorporate like folk tales. And this specifically is about Norwegian fjords and folk tales and folk creatures. And fjords are uh, glacial melts that create these bodies of water. And uh, in Norway, um, they're experiencing a different type of climate change than other people around the world are experiencing. And um, what really brings this to a terrifying place is uh, the character Tom uh, in this, who is the, the two girls' father, He's, he builds a home and because of what he does and alters uh, the environment around him, uh, it creates this cataclysmic, cataclysmic uh, effect that ripples across um, not only the project, but in their daily lives. It sort of nests inside each of them because of what he's done. And it's really sad because this character of Tom, he, he's an environmentalist architecture, and he was really trying to create a home for his wife, Aurelia, uh, before she committed suicide, and uh, possibly something that he did to alter the landscape, the, the river that, that is basically flowing near the property. Um, the fact that he tried to preserve it uh, could be what ultimately took his wife. And um, so it's it's very it's very sad. It's very dreary at times when uh, you get to learn about Aurelia's life and you get to um, be a spectator uh, as Lexi uh, makes her way through her diary and reads the diary as she's caring for Aurelia's kids. And I liked how there were some flashbacks of Aurelia outside of the diaries uh, doing some day to day tasks and coming to grips with uh, being a new mother um, to a child. And uh, Gaia and Coco are very young, very young children. And so the fact that she left them at such a, uh, at such a vulnerable time in their lives, um, it's just a really sad book. But what I liked is uh, throughout the book, you get to learn uh, Lexi's plight and she's basically uh, wedged her way into a nanny position. And I won't give away how she does it, but um, it's just really interesting the, the things that people will do uh, to get a job or to survive. And, and Lexi is homeless, um, really. And so she's really adapting and trying to kind of um, start a new perspective on her life. Um, so she has she has a dark past. And so you really start to fall in love with these characters and you get to meet uh, the housekeeper, Maureen. Uh, you get to meet uh, the interior designer of this house that's still continuing to be built long after Aurelia killed herself. Uh, the, the interior designer's name is Derry and uh, her husband, Clive, works with Tom. And so um, you get to you get to these little side stories with Clive and Tom experiencing all these creepy happenings with uh, and obstacles that they come across by trying to build this house. And um, essentially, it's almost like nature is telling them this is not meant to be. You are not meant to build here. And uh, Lexi starts experiencing really creepy supernatural things around the house. And she is introduced to a character, um, a ghoul called the sad lady. And 
it's just a really creepy way to, um, I guess, address ghosts and the the effectiveness that they have over our lives, whether we can see them as a tangible spirit or whether they're just kind of haunting us in the periphery. And so CJ Cook really does a good job of weaving uh, ghosts into the story and not making it all about the ghosts, but also incorporating these natural um, environmental elements and, uh, and folk tale um, uh, ideas into it. And it's, it's just a really fun Gothic thriller uh, most of the time is really spent with Lexi learning how to d- deal with these kids, how to how to maneuver that while also maneuvering the staff and Tom and reading these diaries. And she's reading diaries, uh, diary entries from Aurelia that may or may not be a clue as to her death. Uh, could she have committed suicide or could it have been murder? Um, so there's there's lots of elements there, but there is a really cool aspect to this. Um, aside from the sad lady, uh, it just, it's with the animals. And there is this idea of how when you change something, you affect not only the environment, but all of the things that thrive on it. And one of the moments in the book, um, it's between two characters. And essentially, um, Tom says, well, I'm not really sure um, what you mean? I'm, I don't see any animals here at the water. And another character says, well, just wait at night, bring a camera and a light, and you'll see just what is benefiting from this body of water. And it just shows like how um, inconspicuous things may be to us in our perceptions, but ultimately there's so much life around us that we're just part of another piece of that, that we're not at the center of that. And so I really like those aspects. It really shows kind of uh, our, a different perspective about how our place is in the world and those things around us. And so really great, uh, really great read, really quick read. Um, this book um, is only at about 355 pages. And um, I I found it a, a, a easy read. It's not uh, overly complicated. Uh, It's something that took me, you know, maybe a week or so to read. Um, I kind of started it and then I kind of went back to it and then just binged it after a while because I really wanted to find out what was happening. And ultimately the mysteries are solved, uh, characters, um, stories end, some begin in a whole new light. And so I thought I would recommend this book. I think it's a really cool, fun read. I want to read a passage from it because I think um, this gives some uh, perspective about uh, the, the, the lore. Um, so if you don't want to know what this excerpt is, then please feel free to uh, leave the episode because this is going to give you insight as to a piece or a part of uh, the ending of the book. Uh, really, the, the folktale is part of this story, even though there's so much more. Uh, but uh, before you leave, I will say um, just to rate this book, uh, because I like to rate movies, books, and all of that, just to give you an idea. Uh, out of a scale from a 1 to 10, I would say this is probably a high 8. Uh, so it's a pretty high uh, entry on my reads. And it's one book that I would probably um, come back to and reread again, just knowing how 
the ending plays into the overall uh, overall story. Now on to read a little bit of a spoilery piece from the book. The the Nook and the Elk. Once upon a time, there was a farmer who forgot to pay the Nook who lived at the bottom of the lake. The Nook, whose name was Egile, after the lake, became incensed. He had allowed the farmer to bring his cattle to the lake day after day to drink. He had permitted the father's son to row his boat of the deep parts of the lake, filling bucket after bucket with fat silver fish. And he had often watched as the farmer's daughter, a beauty with long golden hair, had swum on hot days, often warning her away from the pikes by causing the wind to blow hard or the reeds to tickle her ankles. The knock was used to receiving payment for use of the lake, and yet the farmer had never left him so much as a winnow. One summer's morning, the knock awoke to the sound of splashing from above. He swam to the surface and found himself face to face with a lamb caught fast in reeds. The lamb was bleeding for its mother, and the knock could see the farmer trying to make his way to the lamb to save it. Both the knock and the farmer knew that he would never make it in time, for the lamb was young and weak, and the water was old and strong. The knock approached the farmer, who fell to his knees in fright, as the knockin are grotesque. I will save your lamb, the knock said, and I will allow you to continue fishing and feeding your herd from my lake. But in return, you must give me your daughter to wed. The father agreed, ignored, excuse me, and informed his daughter, who produced a knife and swore to stab herself rather than receive such a fate. The farmer was sad, for he had many mouths to feed. On the morning of the wedding, the daughter dressed as a bride, only she wore fish eggs instead of pearls, and pond weed instead of ivory lace, and upon her lips she smeared mud from the riverbed and garlanded her head with milfoil. She stepped into the water, into the lake until the water lapped at her chin, and it was then when she saw the nook. She gave a scream at the nook's appearance, for he had holes where his eyes should be, and his teeth were those of a wild beast. Call his name, her father shouted, for he had learned that a nook can be banished by a human voice calling his name, and his daughter was yet alive. But the water reached her lips before the nook told her his name, and she drowned. Despite the farmer's treachery, the nook accepted his sacrifice, and the farmer fed his other children for years to come. I definitely recommend this book. Um, I hope that you enjoy these episodes. I enjoy flying solo once in a while when it's something that I experience for myself that I'd like to share with others that I may not be uh, sharing with a co-host or guest. Okay, listeners, so if you want to reach out to me and send me some show ideas, give me some feedback on episodes, you can reach me at Fatal Follower Presents at Gmail. You can find me on social media. Fatal Follower presents a podcast on Facebook, Fatal Follower presents on Twitter, and Fatal Follower on Horror Amino. Stay safe, stay spooky, and always beware of the nook. Bye-bye.